turbulent times call for clear-headed insight. That's hard to come by these days, especially on TV. That's where we come in. Salem News Channel has the greatest collection of conservative minds all in one place. People you know and trust, like Dennis Prager, Eric Metaxas, Charlie Kirk, and more. Unfiltered, unapologetic truth. Find what you're searching for at snc.tv and on Local Now Channel 525. Welcome back. <laughs> Should I say the year just to get it right for the top of the hour? 2024. I can't believe I bollocked that up earlier. 602-508-0960. I had one job, as they say, one job to get the year right, and I got it wrong. That's all right. We were, um, what's the story? I could make an excuse. William Buckley used to tell the story of a, of a schoolmate in prep school who showed up a week late. Do you know this story? No. And the headmaster called him in to Maybe. scold his recalcitrance. And um, the student said, I'm sorry, I spent the summer researching in Europe medieval history and got caught in the pre-Gregorian cal- calendar, so I was a week a week late. And the headmaster said, well, if that were true, you'd have been here a week early. Know what you're talking about, in other words. Oh, yeah. I get it. Yes, yeah, yes, know yes. what you're talking about, in other words. Well, you knew this was coming. Um, by the way, uh, <laughs> election season, it's already off and we're already at it. So there's a CNN-sponsored debate between um, Ron DeSantis and uh, Nikki Haley. I'm not sure if Ramaswamy and Chris Christie or Chris Christie have qualified for it just yet. Uh, We'll find out in a moment. But um, certainly it'll be inclusive of uh, DeSantis and uh, Haley, January 10th. And that's five days before the Iowa caucuses. Iowa caucuses are two weeks away. You realize that? And then we're really off to the races. <laughs> yeah. Then it all comes really quickly. Week by week. New Hampshire, South Carolina. Um, so Donald Trump won't be participating in the CNN uh, debate. You know what he'll be doing? He'll be, God love him. This, this is, you know, this is a good move for, 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 for Fox. It's a, it's a good move. Fox is going to hold a town hall with Donald Trump that very night, that very day. And you tell me, who do you think will get bigger numbers? You tell me. CNN would have had huge numbers, but for Fox. It's a good shot across. Kind of smart for it's Fox. A, it's a very yeah. smart move. It's a very smart move. I did a little instant fact-checking yeah. as of four hours ago. Vivek Ramaswamy dropped out of the debate because he didn't qualify. So he is choosing not to attend. Because he didn't a, qualify? In a, in a sort of uh, <laughs> twisted <laughs> protest. Yeah. Yeah, is this a Claudine Gay thing? Yeah. <laughs> I regret to offer my resignation. <laughs> yeah, she's offering it. Yeah. yeah. It, it, that word, that verbiage is great. Say it again. He pulled out when he didn't qualify. He drops out of CNN debate. You can't drop out on your. You can't make it your volition if you don't qualify. You know what that's like. What when you go uh, and somebody, you know, it's a job interview, and they say, "Well, sorry, you didn't. You know, you didn't make it. You didn't get the job. It's okay. I didn't want it. I didn't want to work here anyway. (laughs) Yeah, I've been kicked out of better bars than this. Is it a version of that? He has probably been kicked out of better debates than that. Um. Anyway, I'd be curious to know uh, where everyone 
thinks this this nomination is going. Does Nikki Haley have life? You know, if you look at the polling um, at what's going on in uh, in Iowa, it's anyone's race uh, as between Haley and DeSantis. It's just a two point difference. Everyone knows, I think, Trump is going to win and win handily, uh, as I think will be true of New Hampshire as well. The question is, um, is this the end of DeSantis? Is this the end of Ron DeSantis? Nikki Haley is within two points of him in Iowa, and she's beating him in New Hampshire. She's beating him in New Hampshire by not a little, by uh, looks like uh, – at least depending on the poll, but if you look at the average, the real clear politics average, she's beating him by about uh, 15 points. That's that's big. And then, of course, South Carolina is hers. I, I, it may be the end of Ron DeSantis. All that effort, all that talent. This time last year, this time last year, not only was it speculated that Ron DeSantis might take out Donald Trump, but that he was going, you know, he was... He was he was the consensus candidate amongst conservatives. That just didn't materialize at all, did it? And there's a lot of factors. There will be a lot of analyses over this. It's interesting, too, because some people were saying, particularly in the Trump-supporting camp, were saying that Ron DeSantis should wait his turn, so to speak, should wait, you know, Another four years, Trump would be ineligible to run again, and um, you know he should serve out his term as governor and then run. Uh, here's probably what's going to happen. Um, his political career is probably, if he doesn't, you know, if he doesn't hold himself together here for New Hampshire and Iowa, his political career probably will, you know, be finishing out his term as governor and then not much. And then not much. Uh, he he does he is not primed for twenty twenty eight. Yes, sir. I, this could be said of uh, many Republicans, but I think specifically uh, Trump supporters, Trump voters, his voting base are elephants. And do you know what elephants do? Never forget. Elephants never forget. Yeah, yeah. Tell me what you mean by that, though. I just don't think that he would have a, a chance at a national consensus oh, I see behind uh, the Republican establishment to nominate him in 2028, even if he yeah. smoothed things over with Trump. You might see Trump perhaps endorse uh, a vice president or is, something like that in 2028. Is that uh, from an old Aesop fable? Where does that come from? Can you check that out? Yeah, I have no idea. Yeah, yeah. check out the phrase origin. Just type in phrase origin, elephants never forget. I'm wondering if it's from a fable. Aesop fable. Um, okay, well, you knew this was coming, and this is this is problem stacked on problem. This is the DEI race-based affirmative action problem all over again in a reticular loop, with Ibram Kendi, of course, weighing in on Claudine Gay's resignation from Harvard. He writes, now... As I read you this, keep in mind, his center is under a lot of investigation at Boston University. His, he, he is now under, he and his center are under investigation at Boston University. He writes this, Ibram Kendi. He who is the author of the phrase that colorblindness is racism, he who is the author of the phrase that the only remedy 
to past discrimination is present discrimination, and the only remedy to present discrimination is future discrimination. Okay, he who has taken George Wallace's inaugural speech from 1963 and turned it into a fairly well for 2023 and 2024 and ongoing with the race on the other foot, as we like to put it. He who has uh, brought back the ghost of George Wallace for the purposes of racial grievance. He writes this, when a racist mob attacks a black person, it finds a seemingly legitimate reason for the attack that allows for it to accrue popular support and credibility and which allows the growing mob to deny they are attacking the person in this way because the person is black. Who is he charging, by the way, with being a racist mob? Who's the racist mob? The Harvard Corporation? Were they a racist mob two weeks ago when they said they were voting to stay with her? Or did they become a racist mob over the last two weeks? Christopher Rufo, is he a mob? Two scholars who decided to look into her academic credentials in the first place? Is that mob behavior? That's point one, he writes. Point two, Ibram Kendi writes, that's how anti-black racist attacks have been justified. The seemingly legitimate reason in this latest case at Harvard is primarily academic misconduct or plagiarism. The question to assess whether this was a racist attack isn't whether Dr. Gay engaged in any misconduct. The, race, the question is whether all these people would have investigated, surveilled, harassed, written about, and attacked her in the same way if the Harvard president in this case would have been white. I think not. It isn't hard to figure out why the racist mob is cheering right now and saying go woke, go broke, and President Gay wasn't qualified, and the tide is turning against woke and DEI, and this is the beginning of the end of the woke. Let me go back to this. The question is whether all these people would have investigated, surveilled, harassed, written about, and attacked her in the same way if the Harvard president in this case would have been white. I think not. Can I say two words? Liz McGill. Can I say three more words? University of Pennsylvania. Can I say one word? White. Can I say another? Resigned. From an Ivy League. President. But they did it to Claudine Gay because she was black. Yeah, got it. Nice work if you can get it. And he got nice work. You can uh, you can slate this one to replace if you want. I, think, old. I think just getting old. Throwing away Johnny Cash. Just getting old. Well, we might replace him with another Johnny Cash, but that one's All run right. its course, I think. By the way, the 960 The Patriot Broadcast Studio from Whence We Speak is brought to you by the veteran-owned Midas Gold Group, your trusted source <clears throat> for precious metals. Um, what were you asking me? <laughs> In terms of seniority... Does an ambassador or governor outrank each other? I say this because we refer to, is it ambassador or governor, Haley? You know, when you run for president, but you've held a previous high office, but you're not currently holding an office, it's like when Nixon ran in 68. They referred to him as Vice President Nixon, not former Senator of California Nixon. Or, you know, Reagan in 80. Governor Reagan, even though he wasn't currently holding the office. Yeah, you maintain your last. Reagan. Yeah, no, you maintain your last title. Mm-hmm. But for purposes of diplomacy, there is an order. There is a protocol to it. There is. Do we care anymore? Well, I, I, I 
my inclination, and I could be very wrong, and I'm open to be corrected, my inclination is that a federally appointed and Senate-confirmed position outranks a state office. Outranks the governor. That yeah. would be my sense, but I could very well be wrong. In this world, anything goes. In olden days, a glimpse of stalking was seen as oh so shocking. I don't know anymore. I'll have to call Irving. I don't know, but I think if you do listen to the interviews, they do call her ambassador, don't they? They don't call her governor. I, I don't know. It's usually just a lot of name calling. Yeah, just a lot of name <laughs> calling. Yeah. It's a funny thing, right? Because you could envision the governor of New York with the U.S. ambassador to Micronesia. Or, or you could look at the governor of Delaware with the U.S. ambassador to the court of St. James. Have you heard that Finland doesn't exist? This brings me to another topic, no. which I needed to share with you. What? Did you know that Finland does not exist? No. Did you know that according to – well, first of all, Finland's population makes up 0.09% of the world, correct? Okay. okay. Have you ever met anybody from Finland? No. Have you ever been to Finland? No. All right. Well, that's step two. Did you know but I, but, that, uh, but, uh, but, uh, but I do know but, of, but, 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 I do but, know but, of but. some of their products. Well, maybe they're they make a, they make a they they used to make a very famous vodka Finlandia. I haven't seen it around in a while, but it used to be a very unique bottle, very popular in the I, I, 80s. I'm kind of knowing where you're going. Yeah. All right. Well, did you know that uh, most national uh, census <laughs> have a 0.1 percent of error? Okay, and so statistically, statistically being if you're that from you've Finland, never been you're to a, Finland, you're, you're and you an don't know error. anybody from Finland. Finland does not exist. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. So, ambassador to Finland. <laughs> yeah. You know what's interesting about this story in the New York Post, and I kind of spoke about it a little bit in my monologue, um, that, you know, we're leaving, uh, we're, we're bringing back the USS Gerald Ford just as Iran is going in. Um, it goes back to that ad you played, too earlier, David, from Ronald Reagan, when the forces of freedom are strong, what do our enemies do? When the forces of freedom are weak, what do our enemies do? And there was a very definitive turn. We'll talk to the Hallmans a little bit later about the turn on immigration and its implications from Trump to Biden. But there was a very obviously definitive term as, turn as well between Trump and Biden when it came to Iran. And Biden engaged in what would be called a more appeasing or an appeasement-based policy towards Iran rather than a more containment-based policy, as Donald Trump had. And what did it get the forces of freedom? What did it get the presidency of Joe Biden? What did it get the United States of America? What did it get her allies? What did that appeasement, what did that being nicer to Iran earn, garner? Well, a ramping up of funding of international terrorism, for one. Firing on American forces, as we're seeing in the case of the Houthis, for another. And this 
as the editorial board at the New York Post writes, for all President Biden's desperate desire to avoid escalation in the Middle East, U.S. forces on Sunday sank three Houthi boats trying to hijack a freighter in the Red Sea, killing multiple terrorists or pirates, if you prefer. And the Houthi sponsor, Iran, pointedly sent a warship into the sea on Monday, while a top Iranian security official, Ali Akbar Ahmadian, met Houthi spokesman Ahad Abdusalam, praising the terror group's brave actions against Zionist aggression. Meanwhile, U.S. and U.K. officials are huddling about issuing a formal warning to the Houthis. Houthis. If they keep up their Red Sea attacks, Western forces will retaliate. They haven't made that obvious warning already out of fear that such strikes could reignite the Houthis' war on Saudi Arabia. Biden's fears of escalation are also why the U.S. military is barely responding to roughly 200 attacks on American forces across the Mideast by Iranian proxies since October 7th. Are you aware of that? 200 attacks. 200 attacks. Where's this president been? Is he back from vacation in the Caribbean yet? Almost Christmas in the Caribbean. Yeah. Almost every day these proxies launch drones or rockets against U.S. forces in Iraq and Syria. Just before Christmas, such a drone injured three U.S. servicemen, one critically. In response, Biden ordered a calibrated airstrike on that particular proxy in Iraq. Iranian proxies have operated freely in Iraq since the Obama-Biden administration pulled all U.S. forces out in 2011, only to send some back when ISIS rampaged to power. Do you understand this notion that I keep repeating that if nature abhors a vacuum, as Spinoza said, terrorists and tyrants thrive in them? Do you understand what happened to Afghanistan when Joe Biden precipitously withdrew? He presided over the Taliban reconvening to regovern Afghanistan, the very movement we fought a war 20 years to put out of power is now back in power. And we have that very problem, of course, when ISIS came in and took over Iraq once we did what Obama did in 2011. Iran and its pawns know Biden's fear all too well. They're toying with him, knowing their escalations will make him ever more nervous about backing Israel in its war against Hamas, or at least move him to oppose Jerusalem's possible campaign to drive Hezbollah out of southern Lebanon, from which that Iranian terror proxy has regularly been lobbing missiles and rockets into northern Israel since October 7th. It's an interesting thing. We can be forceful or they can be forceful. And the one that is forceful will get the receipts of the one who is, from the one who is not. Do you understand every rocket that's being fired from southern Lebanon or from the Islamic Jihad or Hamas, every single one is aimed at a non-military target? Do you realize what that means? Do you realize what that means? It means every single rocket they fire is a violation of the laws of war. Every single one of those rockets fired is a violation of the humanitarian laws of war and the Geneva Conventions. Every single one. Name me one time the UN has denounced either organization. The 1960 Patriot Broadcast Studio is brought to you by the veteran-owned Midas Gold Group, your trusted source for precious metals. Um, it's, it's 
given all the news of the last several months, and gosh knows what's what's going to happen between uh, now and November, I've I've postulated that this will be perhaps as much an election on foreign policy as it will be on the economy when it comes to the presidency. I think it'll be different in Senate and House races. I think it'll be partly the economy, not as much foreign policy, because one tends to view the president as more in control of that than House and Senate, though they do have their powers and their legislation, of course. I think it's going to be other issues, domestic primarily. But the question as to whether this will be primarily a um, a foreign policy or economy election also brings back redolence from 1980, doesn't it? Because that was the only other election I can think of in recent history that was um, so focused on an equal mix of both. Most political consultants will tell you most people don't vote on foreign policy. They did in 1980. They did on the economy as well. I'm not saying it wasn't there. It was as much there. Ronald Reagan did not give a speech that didn't include both foreign policy and economic policy. In fact, young David, that uh, ad you did was an exclusive foreign policy ad, wasn't it? He had a he had a, he had a very good ability of raising awareness of the stakes. Of course, he was of the stakes of Soviet communism. Of course, he was the product of um, what shall we say, twenty five or so years of a movement trying to explain the death threat and death knell of Soviet-style communism. We have a different thing now, and we're nowhere as prepared to talk about it as we were by 1980, Soviet-style communism, and that's Chinese-style communism. That groundwork has not, and the time period to explain and teach and warn about it has not gone on as long. And, of course, the Chinese version of Marxism, China's Marxism, is so much more entrenched here than Soviet-style communism ever was. No one can really think of anything from the Soviet Union that we imported or used in the 1950s, 60s, 70s, or 80s. Um, not not yeah, a, not a single thing. Can you think of one? Huh? No, because no. we couldn't. <laughs> well, there's, there, they didn't make anything. Well, yeah, that's true. They didn't make anything. Well, look how good that Yugos ran. <laughs> well, when did the Yugos start coming to America? 70s, I think. No, I don't think so, David. Check it out. I think it was much later in Yugoslavia. Mm-hmm. But check out when they were first coming to America. I think it was mid-80s. Tell me if I'm wrong. Maybe I am, but you tell me. I think I'm not wrong. Won't be the first time today. That I'd be wrong about thinking I'm not wrong. I'll look it up. I just mean that to say the quality was not there. Well, I yeah, but I don't even think that happened. I don't think we were importing them in the 70s. I don't think we were. Um, in any event, the economy and foreign policy, it will be. And by the way, those are both two things Donald Trump can easily run on. What? what 85. Do you th- huh? 85. Who's the boss? Who's the boss? Who knows what they're Who's talking the about? Who Who's knows, the Who knows what Who knows year what, it is? Who knows what's what around here? <laughs> It's going to be the economy and 
is that the phrase I wanted? Who's the boss? I don't know. But, no, the, uh, yeah, I don't know. Either. We will save that for future. Well, use. we'll save it for future use. Yeah. <laughs> um, that's what Dagny says to me. <laughs> so, yeah, we know. On the economic front, though, watch what the administration is doing. They're putting out Karen Jean Pierre on a lot of media lately, a lot more than she used to go out on to talk about the economy. And the economy is the kind of thing that she can get away with obfuscating around and about. I got to take a quick commercial break, but when I come back, I'm going to give you an example of it. The thing is, it's also the very kind of thing that people can look at as opposed to foreign policy or national security and say, who are you going to believe me? Who are you going to believe me or your own two eyes? Yeah. Yeah. It does have that advantage as an issue for us as well. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Leibson Show from the 960 Patriot Broadcast Studio, brought to you by veteran-owned Midas Gold Group, your trusted source for precious metals. Happy New Year, Stephen Tempe. Seth, how's it going? I'm doing fine. How are you? Oh, good. Happy New Year to you, too. Thank you, sir. Yeah, speaking of rumors, um, I heard it on Reliable speaking Authority. Speaking of rumors? Harvard... <laughs> you can't. Yeah. <laughs> it's like saying speaking of Rolls Royce. <laughs> when were I speaking of rumors? You and David were just talking about it regarding Finland, right? Not a rumor. That Finland doesn't exist? That it's fact? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> All right, what do you got? What do you got? Well, I mean, he he seemed very serious. He said, you know, have you ever known anybody from Finland? Have, have uh, you know, and he was going through a I can't a even of, think uh, of a musical vi- uh, group, rock band or anything from there. I can't okay, even... well, let me get to that. All right, all right, all right. All right. I can think of their vodka. Rumor That's about it. Is that still around, Finlandia vodka? They have that cool bottle. It, I I think it is, yeah. Okay. All right. I think I've seen it. All right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, no, it, uh, r- rumor has it that uh, Harvard's considering their uh, newly appointed senior fellow as the replacement for um, Claudine Gay. Who's that? Lori Lightfoot. Oh, yeah. She'd be, uh, at least she didn't, yeah. She'd be a perfect fit, right? Well, I, I don't she's, know. she's black. I she's gay. I don't know. I just, you know, what these places have done to themselves, you know, they have no one to blame but themselves. They have diminished their own currency, you know? They really have. Yeah. They have. No, and I, I'm just kidding. I, I mean, well, uh, yeah, well I'm no, kidding. I know, I know, yeah, I know you are. I know you are. But, but, but that point is interesting. That that there is an interesting point you have there, uh, Steve, which is the idea yeah. that such a lousy official as Lori Lightfoot, yes. with no credentials whatsoever, yes. gets to be a fellow at Harvard. That is a, that is yes. part and parcel of the problem, and that is part and parcel of the problem of these institutions fouling their own nest. Yeah, and it's uh, a lot of it's all a lot of it's you know unfortunately um, just related to the fact that we're we focus on too much on on appointing minorities to positions that uh, they probably where there's probably somebody better for that position uh, with all due respect and than than them and you know it's just the 
Well, in some cases, yes, and in some, no. The problem is when you make that the major and main criterion, and especially against all other evidence. Shelby Steele had the perfect line for this. He says, when you engage in this behavior from his book, um, The Content of Our Character, uh, 1990, uh, 1990, he says it creates the permanent stigma of questionable competence. I'll never forget that phrase. Permanent stigma of questionable competence. It does no favors. It does no favors to anyone. Yeah, uh, it that's uh, absolutely true. And and um, you know, I think I think it's just the fact that we've focused so much on on um, appointing you know appointing minorities to positions that they probably should not be appointed to especially some a position as high as that just based on the fact that uh you know the person is black or the person's hispanic or asian or whatever um it's 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 not a good thing yeah. and and you know it's and i i've heard it's going into the airline industry now where they're doing the same thing with uh with pilots and uh when it starts to get to that level we're um it's at that We're, level. You know, it, it's it, at it, that it, level. It, these, yeah, uh, these airlines having, yeah, a, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a bad thing, but um, no. Ba- uh, ba- on a more uh, humorous note, back to the um, David's comment about Finland. Um, uh, I've talked to you before. I'm, I'm a hockey player, and I've been a Coyote season ticket holder from day one when they first came here. Um, one of the best hockey players that we've ever had, who's in the Coyotes Ring of Honor is Teppo Newmanen, who happens to be from Finland. But on a, on a more, uh, and just to put this rumor to bed completely, uh, the U.S. hockey team in 1980 defeated Finland for the gold medal. So if there wasn't a, wasn't a Finland, we wouldn't have our gold medal. Well... Is that what the Miracle on Ice is remembered for? Us beating Finland in 1980? No. Okay. No. Okay. The Miracle on Ice is about beating the Soviet yeah, Union. That's what I thought. But, but, a lot, but, Seth, but Seth, a lot of people don't know that we did not defeat the Soviet Union to win the gold medal. We had to beat Finland on, in the next game. But doesn't it show you how medal. de minimis Finland is? <laughs> that that's what's not remembered, who we beat to get the gold medal, but that we beat the Soviet yeah, yeah. Union, we beat a real country. That's what's remembered yeah, for the I'll, not gold medal, I'll, for the not I'll the gold medal. That, I, yeah. think, I think, I'll, I'll, <laughs> I think I'll, I'm onto something here. I'll give you here. that, but the, but, but the fact of the matter is we had to beat somebody to get the gold medal. Sure, and sure. And no country, one except so. Stephen Tempe remembers it was Finland. But everyone, <laughs> all right. Now, did you want to mention a musical venue that came out of Finland? I, oh, I can't think no, of a product that, other than that bottle of that, vodka. I can't think of a product. And one hockey boy. player. <laughs> it's, um, I, I, David may be right here. David may be right. Have you ever been to Finland? Did you see that the bottle came from Finland? How do we really know that there is a Finland? <laughs> I don't want to be – I mean, there's probably a consular office here that I'm in trouble with now. Um, and they're probably yeah. going to want to offer up some kind of, you well, know, del- set of delicacies I'm, 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 to prove wrong. You know what it'll be? It'll be something like lutefisk. Have you ever had lutefisk? Oh, man. Steve? I don't know what that is. 
Seth, I, I never have. And as a matter of fact, I, I remember hearing a guy give a speech about how Ludafit yeah, you, yeah, you have yes, you have to you have and, to soak and, it and marinate it in lye. And, and, L-Y-E. Yeah, and apparently, uh, yeah, and apparently, exactly, and apparently, it's um, he was saying it, it's it's Norwegian uh, origin. <laughs> yeah, I think he might be but, right but, about that. And, actually. I, and, I, and I and I went up to he him after right. the, he gave the speech. I went up to him after he gave the speech, and I said, "You know what? Uh, after hearing hearing you talk about how Ludafisk is prepared, I say I." I, I told him that uh, I can understand how we don't have any Norwegian restaurants here in the U.S. There are no Norwegian and, uh, restaurants. That's not true. That's <laughs> not true. I'm sure there are a lot of smorgasbords. I'm oh. sure there are. <laughs> I'm sure, but that might be Swedish. Is this David? Is a smorgasbord yeah, I, Swedish or Norwegian? Swedish. Okay, so the smorgasbord is so we have no Norwegian restaurants. Just there, wood. There All you right, go. I got to run. <laughs> we'll be right back. Uh-huh. Portions of this show brought to you by our good friends at Y Refi. They have a secure investment where you can earn up to a 10.25% fixed rate of return, and it's not correlated to the Federal Reserve or the stock market. Tons of flexibility and control in your hands. You can turn your income on or off, compound it, whatever you like. There are absolutely no fees. Of course, you get a monthly statement with no surprises, and there is no attack on principle if you ever need your money back. This secure collateralized portfolio from Y Refi can earn you up to a 10.25% fixed rate of return. 10.25% fixed rate of return. Check them out at investyrefi.com. That's invest, the letter Y, then refy.com, or call them at 888-YREFI-24. 888-YREFI-24. I think I have stirred up the console. Uh, Robert is in, um, where are you calling from, Robert? Phoenix? Hey, up in Payson. Payson, how, how are you, you sir? Happy, happy New Year, buddy. You too. I was just telling your greeter there, young David, that there is a Finland. My nephew was just there last week, coincidentally. He's on a secret military mission as a pilot up on the Russian border. That's all I can say. And he was in Helsinki, and he, he said it's real. The beer was good. He said the women were beautiful, <laughs> oh, but they all looked they all look the same <laughs> yes sir he says there's been it's so cold up there there's been no inbreeding um that's um <laughs> that reminds me of the story of uh tiger woods's ex-wife where was she from she was from sweden i thought Sw- i think sweden too and the she she left the country after the uh after after you know the marital bliss fell apart and I remember Matt Lauer was interviewing a f- the most famous divorce attorney in America, and uh, Ralph Felder, who is um, Doc Pomas's brother, by the way, who wrote Save the Last Dance okay. for Me. Anyway, he was interviewing Ralph Felder about what it means that she left the country. Was that a good idea or not to go back to Sweden? And Ralph Felder said it's a terrible idea. And Matt Lauer goes, oh, why? What are the legal implications of that? He goes, Oh, it's not a legal implication. It's just that here in America, she was gorgeous. Back in Sweden, she looks like everyone else. <laughs> That's exactly yeah, true. Yeah. <laughs> he, also, he also said he went out with a bunch of his uh, military pilot buddies up there, and they were eat, eating, drinking beer, and they had reindeer steak. He said it is his favorite meat in the world now, and I, I scolded him. I said, on Christmas, you ate reindeer? I said, did he have a red nose? Oh, 
I'm so torn as to ask for some and not at the same time. Well, listen, I got to run. What a nice call, Bob. And thank you very much for your wishes and your son's service, by the way. Please tell him, all of us at 960 The Patriot, thank him for his service and you for giving him to us. He knows, sir. Thank you. He's from Queen Creek. Oh, God bless. Wonderful. Thank you. What a fun call, (laughs) Reindeer Steak. Bill said he had something on hockey in Finland. Uh, We'll get to it. All right. Hallman's coming in. We'll be right back.